Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk. I'm MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. Welcome. The speaker series happens once a month. This will be part of our weekly Zoom meeting that happens every Friday night. If you would like to be a part of that meeting, you have to be female. And send us an email at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. If you would like to tell your story, please reach out to SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. We want to have more stories out there in order to help other women. And here's our next speaker. Thanks for listening. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. One of the things that I love doing is just meeting women and and getting to know them better. And um, I have gotten to know this person better at at an in-person meeting. You guys hear me say about it. I talk about it a lot, the Saturday morning meeting. And um, I just, I love her recovering her her intensity around her own, um, her own recovery. And I asked her to share her story and she said, yes. So we're going to listen to Dagmar talk about her story from beginning to end. So uh, I'm Dagmar, sex and love addict and recovering avoidant. So I'm, I'm very grateful to be here. I'm also a little bit nervous because I haven't really told, I mean, my full story really to, to anyone. And a lot of the past stuff, I've worked so hard in therapy. So I just left it at that. But I, I'm, I'm grateful to be here and I'm going to be very vulnerable and raw because that's you know part of my journey and part of my healing. So one thing I wanted to say is that I'm very, very grateful for in terms of recovery is being able to feel my feelings and understand what they are. Because when I first came into recovery, I I mean, I had like two feelings that I could really acknowledge and that was anger. I was mad at the world. I was mad at the family that I grew up with. I was mad at my job. I was mad that I wasn't in a relationship. I mean, I the list just goes on. And then I also oscillated between like just numbing out, like not feeling my feelings at all. And I did that through, well, the sex and love addiction, which I'll talk about. I'll I'll talk about my story uh, through that. And then I also like numbed out through my eating disorder. And that was, it kept me safe, but you know, there was a time and place for it, right? And then later, no time and place, you know? And so that's what I'm really grateful for because, you know, grief, I've been grieving uh, my boss, or not my boss, well, my boss, ex-boss passed away recently, but also I lost a dear friend and tennis coach a year ago, and um, it's been it's been tough, uh, because around this time is when I had my last interaction with him, and he passed around uh, August of last year, so I've been kind of in the feelings with that, and I just wanted to be honest about, you know, where I'm at, um, so, but I'm able to, like, not you know, I'm able to feel them and talk about them today. And I don't have to go act out or get validation or pretend they don't exist. And so that to me is like, you know, that to me shows my recovery. And then the other thing, I guess the other thing as I was thinking about my story that um, is really, I mean, it's part of my journey and really helped me. And it felt really uncomfortable and really weird was to like label just label things as they are. So for me, 
even just going back and saying, okay, I have a narcissistic dad was so uncomfortable, uh, especially in therapy, because I was taught, I came from an Eastern European family, and I was taught you don't turn back on family. And if you say things that are so-called sound like bad, like labeling like that, um, it's not, it's not help, you know, it's not help. It's not like good at all. And, and, and so for me, that was hard to like label it, but it also helps me to know how to respond to him, you know, and how to work through with him because I don't have that magical, I don't no longer put those magical qualities on my dad. Um, he is really the, 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 I would say in, 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 in this program and others is what really started my sex and love addiction. And so just to label that was very freeing for me. And then also to label my own behaviors that I was manipulative, that I was selfish in my disease and, and that I was avoided. I, I was afraid to get people, you know, to understand me, to know me because I, I, I hated who I was, you know, I didn't like the person I was. And so for me, to now be able to talk about that with other women in recovery is, is huge. It is huge. And, and so that's, that's um, you know, kind of where I want to start because that is my healing is to be able to, like, be able to feel my feelings, label them, talk about them, share them with women, and also to be able to label, you know, my own behaviors and to be able to work through them and have tools. And so my journey starts really with, with, my well, family of origin, like for all of us. Um, I grew up in an Eastern European family. I was born in Poland. And so I came here to, to actually Canada when I was about three and a half, four. And I didn't speak. I didn't actually speak fully until I was around four or five years old. I just did not speak. And I later um, went through speech pathology, all that. And I struggled in school. And coming from an Eastern European family, it's like grades were everything. It was everything. And I could not succeed. And my older brother, on the other hand, he did great. My dad loved him. But I always felt like I was unloved. I felt defective because I couldn't get good grades, right? That was my core belief. And like, I, I just, I, I, I felt, you know, just absolutely terrible about myself. And when and I was also physically abused by my dad. I was locked in a closet and I didn't know when I was coming out. I was I was physically abused by my dad. And so to go from that and so I felt I was bad. I, I grew up thinking I was bad and I'm want unwanted and nobody you know, why am I even here? And so that was the start of my journey throughout, you know, my life. And as we all talk about in the program, it's like my validation came from my dad. I wanted to get that so badly from the one person that couldn't give it to me. And I tried harder in school. I did whatever it took and I still couldn't get it. And, and so as, as time went on, I decided in college, I would major in something that would make him proud. I decided I would be in, I would be in math and computer science and I absolutely sucked at those majors, you know? And so here, I don't know myself. I don't feel good. I'm trying to validate uh, myself through my dad, you know, live through his lens as this perfect kid. And I can't even do that. And, and so it was, it was tough. It was, it was extremely tough growing up. It was tough for me in college, but in college is really where I started dating. 
and I met someone and we both had an eating disorder. It was not the best relationship, but the one thing that he did give me is like, he actually like asked me how I was doing and he actually like listened to me and the, he had a lot of empathy and care for me and I didn't ever feel that for my dad. So that was the one thing he did give me, but because I was in college and I was used to like abuse and used to not um, having someone around to like be able to ask me questions like that, I felt super uncomfortable. And I decided to sabotage everything I had with that relationship and keep an open relationship and cheat on him and do all that because I felt super uncomfortable with somebody that was actually there, you know, actually saw me for who I was. And so I broke up with him and that's when I really went down the rails. I, I was very promiscuous. I mean, thank God I don't have any STDs, um, but I, 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 I am surprised sometimes because I just went from one guy, I was very much into the sex addiction and I was also addicted to porn. I, I learned that at a very young age. Um, and when I was with the guys, that's what they liked. So I just followed, you know, did whatever they wanted. Uh, that was another thing um, that I, yeah, I, 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 again, you know, didn't know myself. And, and with labels like I was talking about is coming, still feeling unlovable, still feeling I don't deserve good relationships, um, still feeling that um, I'm not worthy of love, you know, all of that. And, and also, people are going to leave me anyways when they find out who I really am. And so why not just continue you know, sleeping with them and, and, and doing, and, and, you know, and so that's what I did. I, I didn't even know how to have like conversations with people. And so I just um, went down the path. And then later, like I was saying, it, it went from this relationship to a lot of sex. And then I went straight to somebody I met who later was my stalker. Um, very, very dangerous situation I put myself in. Uh, but he, I, uh, didn't know that I had met a stalker, but he was, I was uh, labeling, like when I go back to labeling my feelings, I was still angry. You know, I had a lot of anger with um, everything and I hated my job. I hated my boss. Like I, all of that. So I decided I'm going to quit. And I'm going to make some extra money. And I decided to meet this guy. He said, you know, great, you can model for me. And it really wasn't that he, he had all intentions of um, sleeping with me, all intentions of doing whatever, playing games. And so uh, the first night I, I met him, I met, well, it was not the first night, but one of the nights that I met him, and we always met in hotels. So that, I mean, that's a sign right there too, but, you know, I that, that wasn't even a, a thing for me. It was like, okay, he wants to meet in a hotel, perfectly fine. And he raped me the first night that I had been in a hotel with him. And I didn't talk to him for a while. I was in a lot of pain. I went to the hospital. And um, yeah, later uh, he found a way to hook me back saying, you know, I need you, I love you, da 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 da. And I just, that was a relationship. And I, I had other guys I was with, he had other people he was with. And at the end of that relationship, um, he basically told me he's gonna make my life a living hell if I break up with him and he did. And I was stalked. Um, and he wouldn't leave me alone and I eventually went to jail and then I um, 
uh, yeah, and so he eventually went to jail, and I felt like, again, as we all know about relationship patterns, right, unless I'm labeling and, and understanding not only, okay, I, I don't feel like I deserve good relationships or I'm unlovable and all that, unless I actually not only label it but know what to do with it, you know, I continued going down the path. And so I just continued going down the path, and I, I met later my fiancé, and he was my boyfriend and then fiancé, and he had... I mean, there's a pattern here. You know, you're talking to someone like me who's emotionally unavailable, doesn't know how to have an intimacy, sleeps with the guys right away. And he was one that we just slept quite fast together. And then we're like, hey, we're going to get to know each other. And he had a third person that he was having an emotional relationship with. I don't know how far the relationship went, but it makes sense, right? Because here I am, someone who doesn't feel good about myself. I am afraid of people leaving me so I would rather just be with them you know I spent a year with a stalker because I didn't want him to leave me I ended up leaving him and the same thing with this relationship with the fiance at some point when we got engaged I knew this relationship wasn't good for me and I started having I don't know just all of these nightmares around this relationship and it didn't feel safe at all I at this point started doing more intense recovery I started doing slaw work, but, and I eventually left him. And it was a really hard decision because I was six months from, you know, getting married. And then people want to know, why aren't you getting married when you cancel your wedding? And I didn't, you know, I eventually told them, but it, it took time, you know, for me to get there. So I, um, yeah, I just continued like that relationship, I would tell you that it took about two years. I was with him for a couple of years. It took two years of getting over. I didn't know at the time I was in withdrawal for that long. Um, but I, I really, there were times when I couldn't get out of bed. And then there were times when I missed him. And then there were other times when I wanted to run him over. And I just continued you know, down. Um, I don't know, just I went through a lot of therapy and and I went through a lot of meetings and I just kept, you know, I, I just kept with it. I didn't I didn't take him back. I, I ended the relationship. It was over, went through my feelings with that. And then finally in 2017, I'd say November of 2017, I, I left Slava in 2015. I mean, I was there for about a year and left because no one would sponsor me because I still wasn't willing to let go of dating. I still wanted to be with someone. And in November, 2017 is when I finally said enough is enough. I, um, I was still into my, like the porn addiction stuff. And then I was also into the, I was also into still those toxic relationships. And I really wanted to get to a place because in a meeting, I remembered someone said, I've been in recovery for five years and I can tell you now that I love myself. And I wanted to be able to get to that place to go from like some, what therapist told me, I was a lost child, somebody who was feeling invisible, feeling not worthy to go from that to, I love you. I'm like, how do you even do that? Like, how do you do that? But there was something that that person had and I wanted so badly. So I stayed from November, 2017 to now. And now 
uh, I can tell you that I, I have moved a lot of my avoidant behaviors. Uh, I'm not afraid of, you know, I've moved them to a more of a secure, confident person. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but that the the fear of intimacy or the fear of being known is no longer terrifying to me. I mean, look at this, like I'm telling my story right here, right? It's, and, and you guys are listening and, and nobody, at least I don't see anybody that has left. There's um so it's it's been it's been awesome to have that support. And the thing I love about Slaw versus some of my other meetings is that women actually call me and I call them and we have this I don't know, just we can get to know each other and feel this connection because even though our stories are different, we have this core bond of like wanting to do better and wanting to become like the best versions of ourselves you know what i mean we have this common thing and and so now i'm at a place where i i'm not perfect i'm not in any relationship i'm choosing to continue working on myself but what i can say is i started my own business and the business is all on this stuff it's all around how to work through all these attachment issues so that eventually my idea with the business in a selfish way is I want to work through these patterns um, so I can meet the right person, you know, and I can eventually have that partnership. We can talk about our vision, our values, because today I know I know what that is for me. But in the past, I wouldn't be able to have those conversations. I could talk about things that, you know, scare me and and, 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 and really not shy away from being seen and being known. So um, that's the, the gift of recovery, and, and that's where I'm at. And I'm just grateful that you guys are here. And, and I'm not going to ramble for another, I'm timing myself too, for another 13 minutes because I, I'm, I'm done. That's, that's pretty much uh, what, what I've got. And I'm, I'm grateful to be here. And I hope you, know, you guys can relate. And, and looking Thank forward you. to hearing from you guys. I, I do want to ask you to share something more, oh. if you don't mind. Sure. Oh, sure, sure, I would sure. like for you to talk to talk to us about your withdrawal process and working the steps, if you don't mind. Oh, okay, sure. No, I don't. I don't mind at all. So, the the withdrawal process for me, okay, was that I in 2015. The first thing that I I was okay. Yeah, that's actually thank you. That goes back to real past 2014. Going back to when I was no longer engaged to my partner. That's when the withdrawal started. I actually ended up on antidepressant. I actually was suicidal. That's the first thing that happened. And I actually was planning my suicide. That was, I mean, I had it all planned out. And something told me to call someone. And so at three in the morning, I called someone and I didn't kill myself. And and that's that's what I'm grateful you know, for, but that's where everything started and and then I I just went through a lot I mean I guess a lot of you probably can relate I mean a lot of pain a lot of depression um, I cried a lot and I wrote a lot I, I didn't have any friends during this time because everybody who was my friend was an addict of some sort or I was you know needing that validation from men so I really only had me and my sponsor in like the meetings that was it. So it was a very lonely time. And I eventually talked a lot about like, I think I need to get on antidepressants. And that was very scary for me. Because in my family, 
uh, you don't do that. You know, again, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's like something's wrong with you if you go to therapy and you need antidepressants. So I ended up getting on those. I ended up, um, and that helped and ended up just going through a lot of therapy, a lot of EMDR. I went through hypnosis. I tried just anything in the book, acupuncture, just anything because I was desperate. And, and then in terms of like going through the steps, I have to tell you, this is something I would definitely do differently. But when my, when my uh, sponsor was, was getting me into the steps, the, the thing that got me to break up with my fiance was really when I got to like step two, I wasn't ready to surrender. Okay. That was like, I didn't even understand really God at that point or higher power, but I knew that I've come to believe there's something greater than myself. And I've come to believe that these behaviors are unacceptable. The way I'm being treated by this guy is unacceptable. And that got me to like, realize I don't want that. It, it, I don't want to be treated that way, you know? And, and I don't know, it just, and what I'm trying to say is the, the thing that I would have done differently is step four, I went through, I'm a very intense person, okay? And I didn't know myself, so I didn't even know it was a thing that you can ask your sponsor and tell your sponsor, this isn't working for me when it comes to doing steps this way. Uh, I didn't do that. I was more into like, let me just do them. And I was also still a people pleaser, you know, pleasing whatever she wanted of me. And I did the steps like, or I guess it's horizontally versus vertically. So instead of listing, like for my sex and love addiction, instead of listing like the people first and just sitting on that first, right? And then we, we did it in four columns and then listing like what the situation is and then going through the, uh, what, um, what it caused me and then my part. I did it like this all the way through and um, uh, horizontally. So I would list the person and, and then the situation and then what it caused me and then my part and I would just do on my part. I would literally be like, wow, I'm a piece of shit. Look at how terrible of a person I am. So it took me about, I would say, six months to get through step four and and try different, I, I had to go through different um, antidepressants and check into therapy even more uh, because it was so painful for me. Like, And so moving forward, like when I do the steps, I don't do it. Now, I mean, it doesn't matter usually as much, but... Um, I don't know, but at that time, that's how I did them, and and um, and how I've gone through the withdrawal process is just yeah, just trusting the process. Eventually, I I um, told women my story, and 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 people started calling me. Uh, I was still too scared to call them. I was still texting, you know, as an avoidant. That's what I do. And eventually um, people called me and, and I started building relationships. And one of my dear friends actually, um, who's not on this call, but Tanya, she had me facilitate a meeting at Santa Maria for women with sex and love addiction. She started those meetings and I just started meeting more people. And, and that, that helped me kind of get through, you know, really the support. And then eventually I was able to um, sort of have my understanding of higher power, but that took time. You know, I was getting it in the rooms. So does that? It does. And I just have one more. Yeah. Go for it. I would like for you to cover. I'm going to interview you. I love this. Okay, we should just end this. I know. We should have just done this. 
Um, would you talk a little bit about what it's like now for you? Um, like the, the people that you uh, are your friends. I think it's such an interesting point that you made, like that I don't have any friends. I just had my sponsor and then I thought I started thinking, yeah, we make friends with people we're in withdrawal with. <laughs> yeah. So but I'd love to hear about your experience with that because I have my own and I loved what you shared about, you know, the working the steps this way rather than that way because there's I'm sure there's people here that either did that or didn't know you know and that's yeah. that's kind of what I'm looking for so if you would talk about like how you work a program now if you sponsor women and what your social life is like yeah well thank you for that yeah so in terms of what it is now for me is yes I didn't have friends then but slowly through time right that was 2015 now we're in 2023 I started slowly to trust more women and and that was a build-up that was through years of building up my relationships and and going to meetings and and not you know what I did you know when we talk about naming behaviors one of those things was chasing just like I chased the men I would chase women oh my god they're not calling me back well then I better try harder or I better like text them or I better just like almost like stalk them you know what I mean figure out what meetings they go to do true story I did that that was me. And, 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 and then they would sometimes come up to me and, and give me excuses and I would be like, okay, okay. And then I thought, oh, I'll just try a little bit harder, you know, you know? So, so that was one thing that I let go of. I realized that that's not the people I want to attract, right? Are the ones that I have to chase. So I started paying attention more to what women were sharing, how they were treating me, how, you know, how I was like talking to them, how they were talking to me. And I realized not everyone also in recovery is healthy or is for me helpful, you know what I mean, in, in my sense. So I started to just build relationships based on like how I wanted, how I realized um, I deserve to be treated. And again, that took, what that really took is naming what my issues are, right? My avoidance, all that. And then like working through them through like different, I mean, there was a lot of different tools that I, I learned. Um, but one, one of the, um, I mean, they, they talk about gratitude lists and all that, that helped me. But one of the things that has really helped me is I write poetry. Like I learned poetry in college and, and, and so that was very much of a healing for me. It's just a, like, um, yeah, I just continued writing and, and 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 i was able to meet other women that had like similar interests too because i learned more about what i like you know so does that does that help it does thank okay. you okay anything else <laughs> <laughs> i'm going like hey i'm done and it's like nope you're not that far you're not done you're if you would just briefly touch on um sponsoring women oh yeah yeah that's what right that looks like yeah yeah, so I do. I have not. And then I'll let you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. No, thank you. I'm not sponsoring women currently, but I, I was. I was sponsoring someone. And one of the things that I've learned is I don't want to be that one. So, you know how people say sponsor the way you've been sponsored? And that works for some people. But for me, it's more like sponsor the way that, um, I don't know, that like that is true to me I, I don't know how to explain it so like one of the things that i that that is a big thing for me is i'm very curious i ask a lot of questions so when i sponsor um women 
I tend to ask them questions and not give them advice, but give, ask them, like when I was sponsoring this woman, I was asking her a lot of questions and she would come to her own conclusion herself. Like maybe, oh, wow, I think I'm stalking this woman, you know, and then she would come to her conclusion and realize, wow, I'm doing the same thing to men, you know, or I, I need all this validation from women. Oh, wow, I need it from men. So that's one thing for me, because that's one way that I learn is when people don't tell me what necessarily they like say, you need to do this unless I'm in extreme danger. I prefer them asking me questions and then I come to my own realization that I'm crazy, you know, or I have crazy behaviors. Um, so, so that's, that's something that I have, that I have done through sponsoring and, 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 um, what else was that just the way I sponsor? I think you're asking like the way, right. And, and also like laying out expectations, like maybe right away, right when we met, I didn't know if you'd be a good fit. In the past, I would be like, oh, she needs to like me or wow, she wants to sponsor me. So I want to keep her right on a leash. Now, when I do it um, or I did with this person, I actually set my expectations of what I expect. We're not going to have a texting relationship. We are going to talk on the phone and I would like to meet and discuss this. So we had a little bit of structure because I know that's also something that works for me. And, and I asked her, you know, I also asked her sort of what works for her to see if we would be a good match. Cause if she wanted a texting relationship or, you know, wasn't um, very, didn't want to actually work the steps. She just wanted to, you know, have a buddy to chat with that wouldn't work with me. And so she went through the steps. She went through uh, her dating plan and and I was able to to work through that with her and and I and I modified the dating plan because mine was done through therapy. It was twenty five pages long. Hers needed to be maybe a little bit differently. So I, I do also look at you know we are different and I don't need to sponsor people um, all the same way. But I, I do I, I don't necessarily sponsor people the way that I've been sponsored. If that makes sense, I do what works for them and then also like what works for me. That was a kind of long-winded answer to your to your one question. Not at all. I thought there's a lot of important information in there, and I, I thank you for indulging me. <laughs> You're welcome. You're and welcome. if I've asked you to tell your story, I don't normally poke like that. I just knew that. No, she it's all good. I like it. There and... Thank you. And that's, that's one thing I like too, is I like questions because it it shows you know that you're interested in in what I'm saying, and and you guys aren't falling asleep, so it's it's all good. Yeah, they're not. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That's it for this month's speaker meeting. Stay tuned to Sober Sisters Talk for next month's speaker. Thank you.